and welcome to another edition of the Cruise Control Podcast, episode two out of three falls with myself and Graham Matthews of Bleacher Report. You can find us on Twitter at Randy J. Cruz, R-E-N-D-Y, the letter J-C-R-U-Z, and at Russell Rant. Graham is also the featured columnist for Bleacher Report. The eighth annual Hell in the Cell pay-per-view takes place this Sunday. We'll get into that and much more. Graham, my man, how you doing? Doing good, Randy. How about yourself? Doing good. Uh, we are a couple of days away from Hell in a Cell taking place this Sunday. So um, just right off the back, how excited are you for Hell in a Cell on Sunday? Well, I'm going to say a 10, just because I will be there with Mr. Marceau RJ. So mm. that being said, I will be there. So I'm much more excited than the average person. If I wasn't going to be there, I'd be mildly excited. I think the show can be good with what's on tap. I think there's a lot of matches that can exceed expectations. The build hasn't been great. Um, I think the SmackDown pay-per-views have been better thus far, but Hell in a Cell could be good, but like I said, just because I will be there, I'm probably much more excited than the average person is going into this show. Now, are you going to be somewhat close to the action, or are you going to be up like high by the, by the banners and stuff? I think we're a little bit closer. RJ got the tickets. I forgot where he said we're going to be, but I think we're not on, like, ringside or floor, I don't think, but I think we're in the middle. So we're not all the way up. We're not close to the cell, but just to see the cell, period, because I've never seen a cell match in person right. in my years as a wrestling fan. So that itself should be an awesome experience. So Hell in a Cell is in Boston. Have you been there before? Uh, in the Boston Garden? Yeah. Yeah, I've been there. I was there for I've been there for Raw, SmackDowns. I was there for oh, nice. I'll see you last year. So it's a great arena for wrestling shows. Yeah, I just want to say the Boston Garden is no Madison Square Garden, buddy. No <laughs> <way>. <laughs> okay, I will say that. I will. Say, I'm I'm biased, but I will definitely agree with you that that it absolutely is no MSJ. Um, eighth annual Hell in a Cell pay per view, and I know me and you always go back and forth how. You know, the, these gimmick matches have emerged to be their own pay-per-view. You know, Hell in a Cell used to be a match, you know, at a WrestleMania or at, at back in the day in your house and stuff like that. But now it is its own pay-per-view, just like TLC and and Money in the Bank. Um, before we get into the matches and everything, I, I do want to ask you, um, you know, as we stand right now, 2016 going into 2017, what's the you know t- in today's wrestling what is the aura what is the legacy of hell in a cell matches is, is it more just where it's more gimmicky now and there's not a lot of, uh a lot at stake for these matches and they're just being thrown out um you know thrown out there or do you feel like still in 2016 hell in a cell matches do mean something if they mean something, it means very little. I mean, like you said, we've gone back and forth on this for weeks now in preparation for the pay-per-view on Sunday. That The pay-per-view bottom line needs to be abandoned altogether. Not the match. Not the match concept. Hell in the Cell can mean something, or at least mean a lot more than it does right now. If it's brought up, or at least you know held once a year. I mean, if you think about this, I was going to tweet this out earlier, I forgot. I'll probably tweet that sooner or later, maybe before Sunday, but this year will mark the first time in the almost 20 years that the Hell in a Cell match has been around that we will have had four Hell in a Cell matches in the same calendar year, three on this show on Sunday, which has been done before. It was done in 2009. But we also had one back at WrestleMania with Undertaker and Shane McMahon. So, I mean, again, when they're brought up, I mean, when it means something, 
I mean, when, when, when it says, oh, when someone says, oh, we're having a Hell in a Cell match on Sunday, really it doesn't mean much anymore just because, oh, it's October, we have to have a Hell in a Cell match. It Can it mean something? Absolutely. But I feel like it has to, it doesn't mean as much as like an Iron Man match would. Like when they announced that Sasha and Bailey would be having an Iron Woman match last year, people went nuts. Because it's been years since we've seen one. They don't have a pay-per-view dedicated to the Iron Man match. It hasn't been nearly as abused as much as a cell or TLC or whatever else. Uh, does it mean something? Yeah, but not nearly as it did a decade ago, I'd say. You know what? Having four Hell in a Cell matches in the same year, I, I think it's kind of um, I think it's kind of too much, Grant. Uh, you know, yeah, <laughs> WrestleMania, sure, no problem. I, I'm cool with that, but... Three three Hell in a Cell matches in the same night. Hey, to me, some, sometimes I really I really take a a, 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 sit, a seat back and I'm and I'm like, are they trying to have like Hell in a Cell become like WCW's Halloween Havoc where there's there's a Halloween kind of thing? It's like gory, not so much blood nowadays with these matches, but they try to make Hell in a Cell these barbaric matches. In, in, you know, in comparison to what WCW had with Halloween Havoc, I don't know if they're trying to make Halloween Havoc, but I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, the fact they hold it in October um, doesn't really surprise me. I mean, I guess it's kind of fitting with the whole Halloween theme. I mean, Halloween's the next day after Hell in the Cell this year, but will it mean ever as much as Halloween Havoc did? Absolutely not. I mean, I think the the appeal of Halloween Havoc was not only was it an absolutely badass name. But this, yeah. I was looking at pictures of like the old Halloween Havoc set just yesterday. They wrote an article today about five WCW pay-per-views they can bring back and replace pay-per-views like Hell in the Cell and TLC with. Yep. That'd be one of them. Mm-hmm. You don't have to have one big gimmick match. I mean, you can have like a trick or street fight, like one of those undercard comedy matches with candy and shit. But other <laughs> than that, you don't need to have five Hell in the Cell matches. I think Daniel Bryan made the same joke that you did last week or two weeks ago that uh, on Talking Smack this week. Now, why not just make every match a Hell in the Cell match? Just make the whole show five hours. And have yeah. one on the show be fighting for the title of Champion of the Galaxy, making fun of the Universal Championship. And I thought that was hilarious. We did the same exact thing almost verbatim a couple weeks ago. But, um, yeah, I would just say scrap Hell in the Cell. That goes without saying. And bring back Halloween Havoc. You don't need to have a Hell in the Cell match to capture that Halloween theme. If you just got pumpkins on the stage... It's all you need to make me happy, but I just think it's overkill. Like you said, have four cell matches in the same calendar year. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, for the record, you know, anybody who would ask me what are my favorite WCW pay-per-views, I know that Starcade is Great American Bash, all mm-hmm. prestigious, great. For me, it, it, it was always um, it was always Halloween Havoc. It was always Fall Brawl War Games and uh, Bash at the Beach. And I am... Yeah, Great American Bash, Starcade, and Spring Stampede, all cool. But I think for me, I think the gimmick was just perfect back in the days. Uh, Halloween Havoc was to me was was very underrated. Uh, war Games because of the actual War Games match, and uh, and it's funny how you know they only the WWE only took Great American Bash for for you know um, to replace a, a, a pay-per-view. And I'm like, out of all the names, out of, out of all 12 names you could have picked from that WCW had, you pick great American bash. I'm like, and I think they dropped the ball on that one. Yeah, they definitely did. I mean, it was a good show while it was around and then they made it just the bash and then oh, they scrapped God. it all together, which was, which was around <laughs> the time they started bringing up these shitty ass shows. Like we need to have a, a gimmick pay-per-view name or something, but 
then again, I mean, really, would you pay more money to watch a show called Battleground or Payback than a show called Great American Bash? Really, it doesn't matter. So why not just bring back shows like that, which is what I stated in my article, because it has a lot more lineage. And then maybe Vince is just, you know, WWE doesn't like to admit when WCW's had a good idea. All they do is bash WCW for all the dumb ideas. That's not to say that it didn't have dumb ideas, because they absolutely did towards the end. But they had a lot of great ideas. One of the biggest ones being, as you mentioned, War Games. They had a whole pay-per-view dedicated to it, the Fall Brawl pay-per-view. And that'd be amazing if they brought that back, too. But And that's another pay-per-view where if they brought something like that back, you don't need to have fucking three Hell in a Cell matches or two Chamber matches. You just have no. one big gimmick match, and that's it. Yeah. Um, so this Sunday, we're going to have the 34th, the 35th, and 36th ever Hell in a Cell matches. Uh, like As you said earlier, we're about 19 years removed from the first ever Hell in a Cell match with Shawn Michaels and The Undertaker at uh, In Your House back in 97. Um, uh, uh, man, three three matches I think is too much, man. But I, we are going to go through the card. I mean, let me get the roster uh, up. Um, I know one match before I get it up. It's um, Dana Brooke and Bailey. I know. Th- I know. There's mm-hmm. there's a kickoff match. I'm I'm gonna find that right now. But Daily, Daily, Dana Brooke and Bailey. Uh, who do you have going over in this match? Well, I think this match is on the main card because they added another match today that I think is on the kickoff. Um, I think it's gonna be Drew Gallick, Drew Gulak, or yeah, Gulak, or what? Yeah, Drew Gulak, uh, Tony Nice, and a Davari guy. And then they're facing Cedric Alexander, Lince Dorado, and Sin Cara. So I think that's the kickoff match. But for Bailey, Dana Brooke, though, um, Dana Brooke won the first match really in odd fashion. I think it was a botch, but she was still supposed to win. Mm-hmm. Yeah, cheating. But uh, yeah, I got Bailey going over here. I guess it's really just to keep a way to keep Bailey busy until she goes after the championship again, which shouldn't be anytime soon. Hopefully, they hold off on that. But uh, yeah, I got Bailey going over on Sunday, though. Uh, same here. I mean, I, I'm I'm trying to look forward to this match. Uh, I think what could hurt them, trying to rewind. Uh, I think if the World Series goes, uh, you know, four, five, six games, there is a World Series game on this night. So I, I mean, they don't they don't they don't go they don't go about, go about ratings, but uh, just remains to be seen. Maybe watching the World Series compared to a Bailey Dana Brooke non Hell in a Cell match. I, I would say. Um, you mentioned six-man tag, which would be the kickoff. Uh, niece, Drew, and Davari, and Alexander, Dorado, and Sin Cara. Non-Hell in a Cell match, who do you have winning? <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if they put them in the cell at the last second. It's better be in the kickoff. I wouldn't be shocked. Um, I got the baby faces winning. But you made actually a great point about the World Series on Sunday. Uh-huh. And like you said, they don't go by ratings, but you scared me when you said that. Because with the presidential debate for No Mercy, they put the main, the, what was supposed to be the last match on first. So does that mean they're going to kick off the show on Sunday if they do go five, six games for the Cubs and Indians? Do they do go with the women's match at the beginning? Like, I would hope not. No. Or do they do, like, the universal title? I don't know. Now that you said that, I guess we'll find out. You know, it's really all dependent on what happens the next couple days. But uh, that, that's kind of a scary thought now that you mention that. I hope they don't do the same they did in No Mercy. Like putting fucking like Orton and Wyatt in the main event, and, and as opposed to putting like that would the equivalent to that would be putting like Reigns and Rusev in the main event. God forbid. Hopefully that doesn't happen. Nah, that's a what? scary thought, though. I think what might happen because I did I did have that thought too, and I'm like, well, I think 
in all, since they have three matches, they do have to spread it out. So if they do yeah. start off, for example, with, with Reigns and Rusev as the first match of, of the card, Hell in a Cell, I won't be too surprised because in the middle of the card comes Hell in a Cell number two, and obviously the main event is number three. So I don't, to me, I think when they mentioned Sasha and Charlotte was going to be the main event, and then and then they doubled down saying, oh, we're going to have a triple main event. It's just like, come on, man. Just just let them go on last. You keep you keep advertising first ever women's Hell in a Cell match, this and this and this and that. And now you're trying to downplay it and have Mick Foley do emotional promos where he's saying, yeah, great. You guys are going to be the first woman in a Hell in a Cell match, but... Here's all the reasons why you should not be in the match. And it's like, Mick, like, what are you doing? Like, It, it just kind of, <laughs> you know, downplays everything. So I think they start off with Reigns and Rusev um, as the first match. That, that To me, I think that's the match you go with. And then maybe they do in the middle Kevin Owens and Seth. And then they end off with Sasha and Charlotte. But even if Sasha and Charlotte are in the middle, it still takes away of them actually being in the main event when they should be. Yeah, I mean, it's got to be the main event. I don't see. I, I like the the format, the structure of the card that you just laid out. I think that makes the most sense. I mean, when they had three cell matches a couple years ago, or I guess the, the initial installment back in 09, they had Punk and Taker, the opener, and they had Orton and Cena in the, in the middle, and then DX and Legacy in the main event, which is I, I assume they're going to do the exact same thing on Sunday, as they should. I mean, it'd be stupid if they did it like Rollins and Reigns in the uh, – and, and the second-to-last match, and then do Sasha and Charlotte. I mean, it'd be great if they did the women's match last, as they should, but it'd be dumb to do back-to-back Hell in the Cell matches, and they wouldn't do that. they need to have some sort of buffer, like a Bailey and Dana Brooke or something. So, um, But I do like Reigns and Rusev. I think the only way people will respond to that match, myself included, having been there, I think the only way people will not shit on that match is if it's first. Like, Reigns and Wyatt had a great fucking cell match last year because it was on like first or second it was way on early they had a really good match and i think reigns and rusev can have the same thing all their matches in the last two pay-per-views have been saved for like second to last and people sit on their hands the entire time so if they do it early on i think people will be responsive to the match all right before we get to before we get to the, the three hell in the cell matches we also have where should i go next tj perkins brian kendrick Cruiserweight Championship. Um, does TJ Perkins hold on to the Cruiserweight Championship, or does Brian Kendrick win? You know, if you asked me a week ago, I would have said Perkins retains, but after what we saw on Sunday, or rather Monday's Raw, I think Kendrick wins on Sunday. Because mm-hmm. he oddly lost to Rich Swan for literally no apparent reason. He lost clean, which was weird. So I'm thinking, okay, so Kendrick wins on Sunday, and that sets, up, that sets up Swan as like a future contender or something or a triple threat for the next show, whatever. Um, so I'm fine with that. Perkins is good, but he hasn't really been delivering. I mean, he's had some good matches, but the whole promos about video games, it's just awful acting. Kendrick <laughs> is far and away the only guy in that division that knows what he's doing. The, the weird backstage segment with him crying was weird, too. I think there was a scenario where he's going to try to make Perkins feel bad con him into, you know, rolling him up or whatever, uh, you know, just kind of outsmarting him, winning the title, and that sets up like a, another match or something. I don't know. But I feel like Kendrick not only will win, but he kind of has to win. Because Perkins has been, he's a great athlete, but he has not been showing the same character that we saw in, like, TNA 
the Cruiserweight Classic, even the fucking video games promos, those are just terrible. Some of the worst acting I've seen in a long time. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'll go with Kendrick. Um, sidebar: What's been your take on the cruiserweight division on Raw? It's been good. I mean, it hasn't been terrible. Like I said, I'm. I'm glad they are getting some sort of storylines, at least over the championship. And the matches have been good. It's just going to take time to get behind these people, or at least find a reason to cheer for that guy, boo for that guy. Like the six man pre-show matches, just that it's a pre-show match, because we really have no reason to care about any of these guys. Sin has been damaged goods for five years. Lindsay Dorado is barely on the show, and so is Cedric. They've already wrestled one match. Really, only uh, uh, Gulak and uh, Nice have been really teaming on a regular basis on the main roster in NXT, so they're, re- they're really the only ones who have characters or any semblance of a character. So the matches have been good. That's not the problem. It's just the fact that WWE doesn't give us any reason to care about any one of these guys. And I don't want to hear the argument that they did the same thing in WCW, because in WCW at that point 20 years ago, we had great matches. But those great matches like that, like the kind of high-flying action, was so hard to come by 20 years ago. Whereas in 2016, we see it every, literally every single match on every single show. So it's nothing different. It's nothing really unique. Um, but yeah, I don't want to shit on it and say it's been terrible, but... It can be better. It will be better. I think it just takes time. That's all. What about what about the placement of time that that they're put? I know I see people that that I follow on Twitter uh, who are really into this, this this division are like, why why are you saving the cruiserweight division all the way to like nine thirty ten o'clock ten thirty at night when they should be like in the first hour? They need to be. I mean, like I said earlier, I mean WWE doesn't want to admit that, w, that WCW had a great idea. And putting them in the opener, and like not even like the opening match, which I think they should do, but at the very least in the first hour, I think their mindset might be okay. If we save them for the third hour, it's going to save that third hour from being a little less boring. But it's always going to be the death slot either way. I think it's going to have the reverse effect, uh, reverse effect, where it ruins the cruiserweights and doesn't save the third hour. And it's kind of been the case so far. So yeah, they absolutely should be in that first hour. I think the division would be way better off. All right. Uh, also, a non-Hell in a Cell match. We have Enzo and Cass against uh, Lou Gallows and Carl Anderson. Um, which way are you leaning towards? I got club going over, but honestly, I don't even think it matters. Like, I love Enzo and Cass. I like the club, but they have literally probably been, not even probably have been, undoubtedly the worst booked group, superstar, stable, whatever of 2016 in this company. They came in with so much momentum. They squandered it within weeks. They broke up with AJ, and it's been all downhill from there. The New Day feud was a bust. They lost all those matches. No one cares about these guys. Anderson lost two matches back-to-back, not only the big cast, but then again to Enzo this week. So it's like, how are we supposed to take these people as threats? And there's nothing on the line. It's not like a future title shot or anything. So given the fact that Babyface has won the past two weeks, I assume they... Uh, they lose on Sunday, and Enzo and Cass, they can maintain their popularity even in the feet, but win, lose, or draw for the club, it's re- they're really, I don't know if they're damaged goods, I don't know if there's no saving them at this point, but it's been really disappointing, and I don't think people are going to really care about this match, but I got club going over, though, just booking 101. I think the same way you feel about club is the same way I feel about Enzo and Cass, because, you know, they, they both go hand-in-hand, hand. a lot of hype coming in when they got called up from, from, from WrestleMania, uh, or at the WrestleMania, and we really haven't seen much outside of Big Cass go- being in a in a fatal four way match for 
a, a, a number one contenders uh, or, or for the belt. Um, it's just the same thing as, you know, the club where AJ was, was prominent. I felt like it had uh, a big future. But once they got split up, the club went backwards. And the thing with Enzo and, and Cass is like, you know, does the company have anything to do with the uh, anything to do with them uh, aside from just them going out there cutting some promos and getting the crowd all hype? Because out, outside of that, Graham, we haven't really seen much from from both of them. Yeah, no, I'd be remiss if I didn't say the same thing about Enzo and Cass. I mean, they've been just as directionless. I mean, even when the club was shooting with New Day and they lost a lot. I mean, they still had a feud. Enzo and Cass really have been bounced around from feud to feud, if you can really call it that. I mean, they had something good going with Jericho, which they lost twice. They never got their win back. Then they lost the Shining Stars out of nowhere and never got their win back. So it's like they're not dead in the water, I don't think, as much as the club are, but it's pretty close. I mean, it's weird. You would think that teams would benefit from the brand split, and a lot of people have. I'm not saying the brand split's the boss. It's been the farthest thing from that, in my opinion. I think it's benefited SmackDown a lot. But it's like Enzo and Cass were so hot, not only when they first showed up, but for like the first two or three months, even when they were aligned with John Cena, of all people, and they faced the club at Battleground or whatever show it was back in July. And now they've kind of like fallen off the face of the earth. And I think they really should have struck while the iron was hot at SummerSlam to give them the belts then, uh, to take them off the New Day, which we pitched months ago. But they didn't go in that direction. They want to have Enzo and Cass beat them for the belts at Roadblock or uh, beat New Day for the belts at Roadblock. I guess that's cool. But it might be too little too late for them. I feel like the whole tag team division on Raw is just so dead right now. No one really cares about it. Shame on you, Graham, for not remembering that Battleground was in July. Shame on you. <laughs> Battleground, Battleground. I can't remember. We have so many fucking pay-per-views. Battleground is one of the elite pay-per-views in the company. How dare you? <laughs> I hate that name. <laughs> Battleground, Payback. Oh, man. A- anyway, what else we got? New Day, Cesaro, Sheamus for the Raw Tag Team Championship. As we all know, New Day is chasing Demolition's record. Uh, they're getting pretty close, Graham. Uh, I think if they're going to go all the way, I had the date in my head. I think it's December 12th or 13th. If, they get, if they're still the champs by then, they will eventually break Demolition's record. Or do we see Cesaro and Sheamus win the belts on Sunday? Well, I just kind of gave away my answer in the previous question. But, yeah, I think New Day retains on Sunday. I mean, like you said, you're going to come this far. Yeah, right, right, this team right. beat the club how many times? Three times? If you're not going to give the belts to the club or any other team they've beaten over the past couple of months, then it would be stupid to give the belts to Cesaro and Sheamus so close to them breaking the record. Like you said, they've come this far. It would be such a waste to not have them break the demolition record at this point. It's only a month and a half away. They're not going to be defending the titles at Survivor Series anyway. They're going to be in the tag team match. And then they don't have another pay-per-view, I think, until after they break the record. Like, mid-December, I think, Roadblock is. I don't really remember. We have so many goddamn shows. But at this point, it would be such a waste to not have them break the record. And I'm not, you know, saying that Cesaro and Sheamus will win. I don't think they will. Um, I, they shouldn't win. They won't. They just won on Monday to kind of give them a chance that they, oh, we might win the belts, but they won't. So, yeah, New Day retains. But then, my, but then my thing, Graham, is if you get to December and they're 470, whatever days it is, then it's like you beat Cesaro and Sheamus. You beat the club. Um, you, you've beaten every other tag team on the roster. Um, then my thing is, Who's gonna beat them? Like who who's left out there that 
what Enzo and Kaz after they break the record, then they then they win the the belts. That's what I'm thinking. Like I said, I wish they would have done it months ago. I mean, I feel like they already broke the first record of the longest reigning WWE Tag Team Champions, which in my opinion was enough. And that's why I said they should have lost the belts at SummerSlam, but they didn't. Now they want to go all the way and break the demolition record, too. That's fine. But I feel like it's really coming at the expense of the rest of the division because Enzo and Cass are significantly more, are like, a, a cooled off a lot, yes. significantly compared to a couple months ago. So I feel like if there's any team to beat them for the belts, it's got to be them. I mean, really, the club have lost so many times. The Shining Stars are awful. Golden Truth is fucking awful. And then Cesaro and Sheamus are Cesaro and Sheamus. So maybe they, I don't know, but I would just give the belts to Enzo and Cass. It's not like it really matters, but i just give it to them. Hey, man, I, I'm trying I'm trying to find out who who's out there that they haven't beaten, who who is more deserving to be, who needs the tag team championship i think that, that that's a a valid a valid question cuz i don't think i don't think the new day needs the belts cuz they're over yeah. uh i think it's going to you know come to that time where all three can spread out and become singles competitors i think that'll be great um but you know if they break the record and they're fine we we all know why they they're trying to break the record cuz of the whole lawsuit demolition did with, with the company so you know they they're trying to get back at them to uh, you know, break. We see AJ Lee record get broken. The whole CM Punk thing. Uh, we we thought Honky Tonk Man was in danger. <laughs> that's that's not the question. Um, and now demolition is in jeopardy. So, um, I I, I want to see Sheamus and Cesaro, but I, like you said, if they've gone this far, four hundred plus days, you're two months out. Why not keep going? And then like. The following pay per view, which 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 would be the Royal Rumble, hey, it's a big enough setting to lose the tag team championship after you already held the record. So, if you're trying to get a big match for 60,000 people, tag team championship, can the record keep on going? Just you know, just gotta find out who the uh, the opponents would be. Yeah, that's the thing. If they can build up Enzo and Cass back up anyway over the next couple months I would be fine with that or if they bring in a new team or trade someone from Smackdown I'd be fine with that um, could, you know, you know, you know what, really you know what? Hard to say. I mean they're so close to the record like you said it'd really be a waste could, if they didn't do it and I think you know now that I think about it not that they will win because like I said I think the dude they will win after Cesaro and Sheamus won on Raw booking 101 but if Cesaro is a baby face okay and he's his team maybe not him specifically but Sheamus, anyway. He beats New Day for the belts. People are going to be pissed that they broke the They didn't break the record, so close to breaking the record. Cesaro will be booed right. Austin if they win, so it would make no sense. If they were heel tag team champions, that's one thing, but they're beloved. They're one of the most overacting the company. It would make no sense. So, yeah, they just got to break the record at this point. Yeah, because, you know, if it don't work out, Sheamus and Cesaro can break up and do another best of seven. <laughs> That's what I'm assuming. This is where that's that's where this is headed. Yes, unfortunately. Real quick, just imagine New Day, Enzo, and Cass tag team championship Royal Rumble, sixty thousand people. I like it a lot. Like I said, I think if they can continue to build up Enzo and Cass, uh, maybe they win on Sunday. The club have already beaten enough. Mm. They've already been beaten enough. Why not just give them another loss? Give Enzo and Cass a win. I'd say making the sole survivors of the Raw and SmackDown tag team match next month. And if you build them back up to being credible threats to the titles, 
then I could absolutely see that being that you know seeing that be the case come Royal Rumble. That'd be an epic match, in my opinion. All right, U.S. title match: Hell in a Cell, Roman Reigns, Rusev. Yeah, Roman Reigns. I feel bad for Rusev. The guy is a lot like the club. All he does is lose to Roman Reigns. Uh, he has yet to get a win over him, but I don't think that changes on Sunday. Where do they go with Rusev beyond this point? I have no idea. And at this point, not that they don't care because they like Rusev, but they just have given me no reason to care because Rusev has been beaten literally at every single turn to Roman Reigns. But, yeah, I think Roman wins on Sunday. What if they just, you know, if, if Rusev loses... And then they say, hey, you know, now, like you said, w- what do we do with Rusev? I think, what if you just drop the accent and he's like, you know what? I'm really American. I'm not Bulgarian at all. I'm, I'm in, I've, been, <laughs> I've been lying this whole fucking time. Uh, yeah, I have, a, I have a Cleveland, Ohio accent. So does Lana. We're going to be Americans now. You know what? I would not be opposed to that. He started <laughs> dropping his accent anyway. Yeah, yeah. Almost two years ago. He was like, oh, he didn't even speak English. He didn't speak at all. But when he did, it would be all Bulgarian, whatever the hell it was. But now that he speaks, he speaks like normally. He speaks like a normal human being. Like, yeah. he speaks English, not normally, sorry. You know what I meant. But uh, same thing with Lana. She kind of breaks character. And now, too, I don't understand why they just want to go in that direction. Might as well, because the guy does, all he does is lose now, so he might as well. So if, if Roman goes over, and let's say Rusev is out the picture for the U.S. title for a bit, who, who on the Raw roster would you feel like can be a top challenger for, for Roman Reigns for the U.S. title? And, and who, who might need it? That's what I was thinking, too, a couple days ago. Like, what heels do we really have on Raw? Because after Balor, I mean, he was a babyface anyway. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe Kevin Owens, but he's universal champion now. You got Chris Jericho, maybe? But I think he'll be leaving soon. And no chance in hell to have Roman Reigns lose to Chris Jericho. That's Totally not happen. It should, but it won't. Um, Sheamus would have been. I don't want to see that match. I think. Hopefully, they're not going that direction. I don't want to see Reigns and Sheamus part twelve again over that title. Um, they're really. I'm sure there's other heels. I'm not thinking of right now, but those are really the only ones. Braun Strowman. I mean, I don't know if he'll be Roman. I think it's going to be the other way around, where Reigns beats Braun Strowman. Of course. But uh, that could be one <laughs> feed they can go with. I guess post Hell in the Cell. Um. Yeah, I, I, I would have said Strowman. Um, as far as a heel, um uh, trying to think. I mean, I mean, nobody... They don't really have a strong mid-card. I think that's the issue. This is Aros Owens and Jericho are in the main event. Rollins is in the main event. Rusev, he just went through three times. They really don't have many strong heels in the mid-card, which is the issue. Other than Braun Strowman, it was just being built up now, so that wouldn't work for the immediate future anyway. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, it could be Brock. <laughs> yeah, you can do Brock and Reigns. I don't see why not over the U.S. title. They have him beat uh, Brock, too. They have Roman beat Brock, too. But it is what it is. Um, Kevin Owens, Seth Rollins, Universal Championship, Hell in a Cell match. Um, which way do you have? You know what? I'll start. I think it would not surprise me if Kevin Owens loses the title. Um, they've been kind of teasing this whole him and Jericho, you know, on the same page, but then this little, you know, dissension within, within their friendship. And maybe they, they go ahead and have KO lose so that at Survivor Series, again, I, Survivor Series is, is still tricky, you know, with the five on five or they're going to have any one-on-one matches. Um, but to see a one-on-one match between, between Kevin Owens and Chris Jericho in Canada at Survivor Series, 
um, w- would would be great for the title. I doubt it, but I think Seth Rollins um, would walk out of uh, Hell in a Cell with the belt. What do you think? Yeah, I got Owens retaining here. I would love oh. to see Owens and Jericho one on one in Canada one on for the title in Canada Survivor Series. Um, but like you said, it was already kind of teased that they'll be representing Raw in that match, which is good. But I don't know. I just really like the idea of an Owens. I mean, I guess you could wait till Battle or uh, not Battle, uh, Roadblock after that. But I don't know. They'll be in Canada, so it's so perfect. But um, if Rollins won here, they'd have to do a rematch, which they're not going to do at the next pay-per-view. So I think Owens has to win. They really haven't given him much of a chance as champion. He's kind of been overshadowed by even Jericho. It's not Jericho's fault. They're kind of booking Rollins and Owens into a corner here. Jericho's just that entertaining, but... I think you should retain here um, and then hopefully build to an Owens and Jericho match at some point. I'd say in Canada, but they want to wait till the next pay-per-view after that's fine, too. I think Jericho is leaving at the start of 2017, from what I've heard. That's not official, but that's just what I've been hearing, so I guess we'll see. But, yeah, either way, I got Owens going over on Sunday. So if you had to grade Kevin Owens' reign as Universal Champion which from 1 to 5, where would you rank it or rate it? For right now, I've got to give it like a two. I mean, Owens is making the most of what he's been given. He's a great mic worker. He's a really good wrestler. He's had some really good matches in recent months since winning the title. The title win itself was epic. So you got to give him at least a point and a half for that. But the reign itself, he's been castrated by Stephanie. you got got Foley over there. Jericho has just been kind of overshadowing him. Um, he's just been, you would think it would be the other way around, but really Jericho is just that good. He might as well be champion right now. So, and people have been saying that he kind of follows the same lines that, you know, that Rollins was suffering from, that is he having the same reigns that, is, is he having the same reign that Rollins did as champion, where he's kind of being overshadowed by the authority despite having great matches and whatever else. So hopefully over time they kind of get away from that and let, let Kevin Owens be Kevin Owens, what got him over in the first place. Mm-hmm. But so far over the past two months, it, has, it hasn't been terrible, but it has, far, it has been far from anything special. So I'd give it like a two- Maybe two and a half if we're being generous. I think the biggest question is, where's Triple H? <laughs> Disappeared in thin air. Uh, come on, man. You can't do that. It, that was like in August. August felt like... It was two months ago, yeah. August felt like five months ago. And it's like, Kevin Owens, you've been champ yeah. for two two months. We haven't seen Triple H since. And also, you know, like, does Seth need the belt? I, I, you know what? I don't think so. But... You have him, you have KO and Jericho, three different personalities, and, and you can go either way with this. But again, you always like to, you know, look and book ahead. And you know you have Survivor Series next month um, in Canada. So it's like, all right, does Seth walk in as champion? Maybe. Does Kevin Owens walk in as champion? More than likely. What do we do with Jericho? You know, you're telling me Jericho might leave uh, soon. Um, does Triple H get involved where you could take Seth out of the championship picture and it'll just be Jericho and KO? I, there's so many ways that they can do it. And I think them having the triple threat match on on Raw on Monday was more like, yeah, maybe you should, maybe you should not have had that at a pay-per-view because the way they did it was more like, it was more like like a freaking handicap match, and I, I think you got to have Jericho and KO at odds in order to be a, a true triple threat match. Can they do that at Survivor? Sure, but you got to start that breakup between Jericho and KO pretty soon, or after after Hell in a Cell. Yeah, 
Yeah, they've just really been planting the seeds. I mean, they're really they're teasing tension slightly. Not right. really to the point where we could have had the triple threat on Sunday. Because like you said, that match on Monday, it was good, but it was a handicap match. I don't know why they didn't just call it a handicap match, because that's exactly what it was. There was no point in that match where Jericho and Owens were, were at odds over who would go over. Like, oh, why don't you let me pin Seth or whatever else. They didn't do that at all. So I don't know why they just didn't do a handicap match. You could have saved that triple threat from down the line. They still could do it, but whatever. But uh, I think the biggest problem with this feud is the fact that, as you said, it really feels like two separate feuds here. It doesn't. I don't really feel like Rollins and Owens is that big of a rivalry. It could be, but I think the biggest issue with this is is that Owens is really kind of busy with Jericho or what's going to be happening between them in the future. I think people are more focused on Owens and Jericho. And then even further down the line, between Rollins and Triple H, who cost him the title to begin with two months ago. So I feel like it should be Rollins and Triple H on Sunday and then Owens and Jericho. I mean, obviously it's too soon, but that's the way the booking has suggested. And if you're not going to have Triple H show for a couple months, then why the fuck bring them back? I mean, I know they're building to a match at some point, which is great, as they should. But it's like, really? I mean, in storyline, it makes no sense to have them come in for a day. And then, I mean, I appreciate the long-term storytelling, but they have not been booking this right at all. Like, it makes no sense to have them show up and then literally just disappear. No nothing, no sign. Maybe we'll see him Sunday. Maybe he costs up the match, which would further devalue the sell by having interference in there. But I don't know. But, yeah, I feel like a triple threat down the line with a full-blown breakup between Seth, or rather between Jericho and Owens, maybe in time for the December show would be great. Um, I think Jericho really, I love Owens. But Jericho is, without a doubt, the most over guy in the show right now. And in my book, and he's making money, too, over, like, the T-shirts and shit. People love him. So just put the belt on him, albeit for a couple weeks. I'd say give him the belt at Survivor Series, and then you can have Owens win it back at Roadblock or something. Right? Just one more title run is all I ask for. I know he's a part-timer. He's a three-quarter timer because he does work all the Raws and live events and shit, but he will be gone soon, but... He has deserved at least just that one more title run for YSDJ is what I say. Now, I asked you to rank or rate KO's championship reign 1-5. to five. Now, I will ask you this. 1-5, to five, how would you rank the current babyface role Seth Rollins is playing? I knew you were going there, and I hate yeah. to say it. <laughs> I hate to say it because I love Seth. One and a half. Mm. I mean, really, like... Again, the matches have been good, and people are getting behind him. It's not like people are booing him or they're silent. It could be better, and I think the long-term role for him is babyface, so it's not like he's miscast. Mm-hmm. It's really just kind of lack of poor... It's really a lack of character development, a lot of poor character development of that. I mean, the sparkle crotch thing, really? Really? Like, that's just awful. Like, you know that's not... I mean, you know that's creative, but it's like... The guy's not going to get over with sparkle crotch chance. That's like Roman Reigns, John Cena-level garbage. So, like, they should not be booking their baby faces like that. But, again, I think it might be too early. To t- I know it's been two months, but I feel like we got to maybe just wait it out a little bit longer. I'm just trying to stay optimistic. I think he can flourish as a face. It's just so far, everything surrounding or evolving or rather, uh, you know, circling around Stephanie Foley and everyone else on Raw really has not done anyone in this picture any favors whatsoever. What was the the, the phrase Reigns was telling Sheamus last year that that, that that they were trying to get over so so hard? Oh God, was it um? 
Yeah, I forgot. It was uh, eat my. It was something potatoes. What was it? I know what you're talking about. It was bad. It was really bad. Um, something having to do with the famine or. <laughs> Oh God! What was it? It was like some. It was some testicles, Jim. Oh, um, t- oh. Uh, tater tot. Tater tots. Oh God! I was trying to erase that from my mind. No wonder I didn't remember it. Oh, that was terrible. Uh, tater tot versus sparkle crotch. Who, who, who's worse? <laughs> who's worse? Oh, uh, um, I think tater tots is worse. <laughs> I think sparkle crotch. Sparkle crotch is bad, but I don't terrible. know. I think that's a little funnier than t- tater tots. Just sounds like. Like elementary level trash, Fucking so they're terrible. both bad though. It, it's hard to say. The main event, hopefully, would should be Sasha Banks, Charlotte Flair, uh, Hell in a Cell match for the Raw Women's Championship. Um, I have Sasha winning. I, I, yeah, I know it's in Boston. Um, she hasn't had a victory over Charlotte one on one on a pay per view. Uh, I know Charlotte has that current pay-per-view win streak going on. So, I think all signs lead to Char- uh, to, to Sasha Banks. Who do you got? Yeah, Sasha too. I mean, they've really done the opposite of what people thought they would for months. And I think at this point they have to go with, I don't want to say the predictable outcome, because it is predictable, but the most logical outcome. Like when people thought that she would lose on that first Raw of the New Era, she won the belt. And then when they thought, okay, Sasha will retain at SummerSlam, Charlotte won it back. And then they did the whole thing where she wins it back on Raw instead of seeing the pay-per-view. The whole booking of this feud has just been really all over the place. Um, but it's got a main event. We've already talked about that before. I think it has to main event. I like Rollins and Owens. Reigns and Rusev has been all right, but no doubt in my mind this match will close the show. Um, i got to have Sasha win. you got to end the feud, move on. I don't know where. I think Nia Jax is on the back of a fucking milk carton or something. I haven't seen her in months, like weeks, at least since Clash of Champions. So maybe she comes back and feeds with Sasha or Summer Rae or I don't know. But they've got to end this feud and move on. Um, so I think Sasha wins here, as she should, as you said, in her hometown of Boston. Like she wins, goes on top of the cell, and celebrates with the crowd with the bell. I think it's a storybook ending that writes itself. You know, you know it would be so cool? That I, I just thought about 20 seconds ago. You mentioned uh, Nia Jax or Nia Jax. And um, if they can mimic what they or how they did it with Sean Taker and Kane. Mm-hmm. Sean's and Taker uh, are in the ring. So Sasha and Charlotte would be in the ring. All of a sudden, Nia Jax comes out and just fucking rips the door open. It comes in and and probably lays both out or one and get her involved in this whole championship scenario because outside of Sasha and Charlotte, Dana Brooke ain't nowhere near the the title chase. Bailey's going to be in the conversation, but they haven't really done great things with her recently. We haven't seen Nia Jax in about a few weeks. Um, I think to me, the, the, the last pay-per-view I saw her. So, you you know, utilizing her where she could be like this big monster. You, you, you want to take her fucking seriously? Let her go down there, tear the freaking K, uh, door down, clean house, and somebody wins, and boom, you have Nia Jax involved. That would be probably the best way to get her over. Yeah, because you I know, know, you, you, would, you know why, I know Graham? Because I'm, I, I'm trying to figure out, like, yes, this would be the main event. It's going to be great. 
But I'm trying to figure out how do you end it? Like, how do you make this feel like, oh, shit. Like, not only they were in the main event and this hell in the cell, but they did this and they did that. And the finish was this. Like, it has to feel like whatever they do has to culminate everything. And I feel like how do you just end it with just a regular pin or, you know, having Charlotte tap out, you know, in the middle of the of the ring? It's like, how how can you take it further? Well, I mean, I like the idea. I'm fine with them, like, having Sasha finally beat Charlotte one-on-one in a pay-per-view match and ending the streak or whatever at, like, 12-0. and It's something crazy like that in title matches. But, um, yeah, I would just have her do that. I'm fine with that. But it's more so, like, okay, so what's next? And I would have it happen afterwards, really. Because I think if you can't really have Nia Jackson or Fear and then, and then have Sasha win, because I don't know how that would work. Unless she's a baby face and you only attack Charlotte. So I don't know how that would work, but unless you attach both, but I would really just have Sasha win, and it's like, okay, that's a great ending. Like I said, a great story of an ending, but really what's next? Like when Sami Zayn won the NXT title, he beat Neville. It's like, okay, awesome moment, but literally it took two minutes to find out what was next when Kevin Owens came out and beat the living shit out of Sami Zayn. We need to see something similar between Nia Jax and Sasha on Sunday. So like we said, I mean, they're in the hometown of Sasha on Sunday. They're in Boston. What heat Nia Jax would get if she attacked the hometown girl right after this historic Hell in a Cell match. I think that'd be right. the best way to get over as the division's next top heel. Give Charlotte some time off. That sounds great to me, like a great ending to an awesome pay-per-view. Uh, for the women to set up what's next, I think it'd be the best way to do it. Yeah, I mean, she can she can tear the door down after the match. You know, cause let's say she she uh, Charlotte taps out. The, the door is not open yet, maybe, and she just, you know, whether right through the door or from the, you know, underneath the ring, just had that impact, like, oh, shit, like, nobody, nobody was, you know, expecting that, and then now you have Sasha and, and Nia Jax, you know, maybe, maybe you give Charlotte some time off, Graham, because she's been on every pay-per-view since, um, you know, uh, uh, Night of Champions of, of 2015, she's been on every pay-per-view, she hasn't had a break. She's been on every Raw. So maybe this could be the time where you give her some time off, refresh, recharge, and when she comes back, she could be a big-time babyface. You know, by that time, maybe Nia Jax will be the champion, and then you have your challenger there. So me, I'm, I'm trying to book this from now all the way to fucking SummerSlam. So uh, as, long as, they, as long as they end it off where it's like, you know what, that – that was a great main event. They deserve that spot, which they do. But get the fans walking out of Boston like, oh wow, like this is what we gotta, you know, look forward to next. That's gonna be crazy. So, um, it, it definitely remains to be seen. It should be the main event. Now, if it's not the main event, then my idea won't work. But um, if it if it does close out, I think they'll they'll tear the house down. Hopefully, nobody gets hurt. Um, and it'll be the probably you know match of the year. I think so. Like you said, I mean the match needs to deliver. I think it will. I mean they still have great chemistry, so I really have no doubt they're going to go out there and have an awesome match. They don't need to go out there and kill each other. I mean I should clarify that and just say they don't need to go out there and throw each other off the top of the cell. No. Or just do some stupid ass shit they did at SummerSlam. They almost got Charlotte or uh, Sasha injured. And that's all them. I'm sure the agents aren't telling them to go out there and do this certain stuff. Sasha really just goes the extra limit, goes the extra mile, which I appreciate. I commend her for that, but it's going to get her hurt, especially inside the cell. So they don't have to go above and beyond it. They just have a really good match. 
utilize the cell inside. They don't have to go outside the cell. Just do something inside. Make it a special match. End the match on a high note. Build to what's next. And uh, like you said, it could be a great match with your candidate. And it has to end the show. I mean, like I said, it has to. If they go off with any of their match, Boston will not be happy. Um, so they they got to end the match. They got to end the show. This match, absolutely, no doubt. Definitely, man. It, it's it's a pay per view. Um, I'm looking forward to. I'm not sure if you know if we do to uh, get a game five of the World Series, which one I'll be watching. Maybe I'll be watching both at the same time. But I, I'm really interested to see how you know the order of the matches. And just you know, and you know, Boston could be a, a, a pretty good crowd. So they go into a, a big time major city, going to get a, a big time reaction. And I hope that these hell in a cell matches at the end of, of of these matches, you can sit back and say, you know what, those matches deserve to be in a cell, and not like you know what they 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 use chair shots and they barely use the cage, and that's how you're gonna end off a feud. That's what I don't want. So it, it, it that's Rusev and Reigns. I think Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins are, are gonna go crazy in that cell. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if there's somehow interference from Jericho climbing from un, un, you know under the ring or something, uh, and Sasha Banks and Charlotte. So um, remains to be seen. But I, I, I'm looking forward to this peer review because if you look at it, I, I think it's what two and zero SmackDown is winning. Uh, if I'm correct, No Mercy and Backlash over Clash of Champions, right? Yeah, I'd say so. I think the SmackDown pay-per-views have been better than Raw's thus far, absolutely. Oh, God. And, and SmackDown has... Okay, okay, after this will be Survivor Series. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Um, speaking of Survivor Series, <laughs> um, what, you know, before we before we check out, um, Goldberg, Brock Lesnar will be... It's now officially on for Survivor Series. Me as a fan, not trying to be too picky, not trying to whatever, but... Couldn't you have saved that announcement for Raw or something? Couldn't you, like, have both in the ring talking shit and say, you know what? Survivor Series, November 20th, let's get it on, as opposed to just some random tweet two months, uh, two, two, three weeks before Survivor Series? You know, can they wait for Raw to announce this fucking match? Here's what I think happened, though. Is that in that segment on Raw? I mean, you don't need me to tell you this, but it was just literally ran right off the rails. That was an awful segment. It didn't accomplish what they thought it was going to or wanted it to. Whatever. They obviously ended it early. Reportedly, halfway through, they cut it short because the, the fans were just were not cooperating. Nor should they have. I mean, they were stupid. I think Lesnar was going to get booed in his fucking hometown. That's mm-hmm. common sense. <laughs> but uh, I feel like they were going to announce it on Raw and have Lesnar or ha- probably Heyman, obviously, say. The match will happen at Survivor Series. I mean, they announced it the next day on WWE.com. And this is likely a match that will headline that pay-per-view. So for them to announce it on the website was just weird. But I feel like they were going to do it on Raw during the promo, but didn't even get around to it because that thing was so far beyond saving, uh, beyond a point of just no return, that they had to cut it short, and they just did it the next day instead. But really, like, I feel like they should have just waited. I know they're a month out from the pay-per-view, Survivor Series, and they want to announce it as early as possible. But Goldberg's going to be on the show this Monday anyway in Hartford, so just announce it there instead of. I mean, I know they didn't do it as planned, probably according to just my own speculation this past Monday on the show. But they could have very easily waited until the Halloween Raw on Monday to do it until after the pay per view, like to announce it for a pay per view that isn't for another month when you have a pay per view this upcoming Sunday. 
it's, I don't know, it was really just all over the place. That segment was terrible. Do you know how cheesy that Halloween Raw is going to be? It is going to be so cheesy, <laughs> but I'm going to love every single freaking second of it because I love Halloween and I love those kind of shows that are just super comedy filler and all those kind of trick or street fights oh, or costume battle royal. It's going to be so bad, I'm going to love it. But that oh. said, though, they only have three weeks until the pay-per-view, until Survivor Series, and that's the post-pay-per-view show. So they should really be putting their best foot forward. I don't expect them to, and it's kind of a waste of a show. Um, but I almost feel like I should be there. Like, it's in Connecticut. I'm, I'm going to the pay-per-view on Sunday. I won't be there for Raw. I kind of want to, but I won't. Um, but it's going to be such a bad show. Everyone's going to hate it, but I'll be the only one that's going to be enjoying it for sure. Graham, if they do that trick-or-street stuff and Halloween costume <laughs> battle royal, it, it'll just be a, a flashback to 1995, new, new generation era. Yeah, it will be. It will be. It definitely will. It's going to be bad. I'm not denying that it's going to be bad. I'm just saying I'm going to enjoy it. So It depends. If they, are they going to put Goldberg in a trick-or-street fight with uh, oh, Ron Strowman or something, maybe? Maybe they do Lesnar and Goldberg on Monday's Raw. They're just doing a trick-or-street fight. No, they're going to have Goldberg come out with a, a, a um, what they named, the, the, the Shining Stars and do a, a, a Halloween in Puerto Rico uh, on an <laughs> island match. I don't know. Man. That shit is so... Yeah, they'll, they'll have him wear a Brock Lesnar costume on Monday. It's Halloween. Exactly. Graham Matthews at Russell Rant on Bleacher Report. Featured columnist. Uh, go check out the site. Go check out the work. Uh, anything else that I'm missing? No, right? Yeah, I think that's it. Twitter, all the websites, all that other kind of stuff. And we'll be tweeting along, hopefully, live with the pay-per-view. Some on-site reports for Sunday's show. Looking forward to being there. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be... a Fun weekend. Looking forward to it. All right, Graham. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. No problem, Randy. Thanks a lot. I'll talk to you next week, and I'll catch you on the road. All right, man.